And thanks for joining us now on KVCR for KVC Arts, arts and entertainment, as well as the people and places providing it. I'm David Fleming. On this edition of the program, I'll be speaking once again with jazz singer Jonathan Courant. We got an introduction to him with his release On and On. And now, a look at his very recent holiday CD, Christmas Wish, which begins with one which is more for the winter than the actual holiday. The snow is snowing, the wind is blowing, I can weather the storm, what do I care? How much it may storm I've got my love to keep me warm On Christmas Wish, let's go into it this way. It's nowhere near a typical set aimed at the holidays. I mean, I really love it for that fact. There's plenty of Christmas or holiday-themed tunes, but the opener, you're opening with Irving Berlin. I've got my love to keep me warm. And Jonathan, I've never even thought of this as a holiday tune, just winter with that lyric, I can't remember a worse December. (laughs) Right, well, I guess it is more of a seasonal song being about winter, but a love song. And because the line is, I've got my love to keep me warm, I've always thought, well, how could you bring warmth to that? And I thought, well, make it tropical, make it Latin, you know. So that was the idea of making it a samba, rather than swinging it the way most recordings of it have been. Okay, now, I mean, I didn't even think of that. That's a very subtle thing that people may just now, well, maybe immersed in now. They'll think, oh, warmth, yeah, down to the tropics for that. That's a really cool take. (laughs) I didn't even look at that part of it. I just thought of it as a new jazz interpretation. That's really cool. I've got my love to keep me. When you decided to put out a holiday disc, what was the song that made you want to realize such a thing? I mean, you've got several wonderful releases out there. Why a holiday disc? And was it, I guess, a song that called out to you to say, put out a holiday disc? Or did you say holiday disc and then decide, oh, this is the first one? Right. Well, I mean, I've always wanted to put out a Christmas album. I mean, like most recording artists, they sooner or later get around to it. And a lot of people, a lot of fans had been asking me, oh, you should do a Christmas album. So what really launched it, though, I mean, I, of course, went into it, or if I ever thought about it in the past, I thought, well, I'd have to do this one. I love this one. You know, there are certain ones I've loved for years. But Mm -hmm. Diane Scher and I, last holiday season, were talking on the phone a lot. And one of my playlists played Grown Up Christmas List. And because of what Deedles and I had been talking about, I sent her the song and said, I think you'll love this song. Hey, what do you think? We should record this together. And she immediately responded, absolutely, let's do it. You know, then I thought, well, if I'm going to do one, I might as well get off my butt and do a whole uh, album. And then it just kind of came together. But that really kind of launched the whole idea. Oh, so it was initially thought of as a single? Hey, I just want to do this. I want to do this with Diane or Deedles. You're the second person that I've spoken to. This shows that you know Diane or not, whether or not you call her Deedles or Diane Shure. So I didn't even think of that for a long time. I actually call her Deeds and shorten it even more. But when I 
speak of her, I'll usually say Deedles because most people recognize that nickname over Deeds. <laughs> her mother gave her the nickname Deedles. Do you know why? And I believe just maybe because she was always playing on the piano or okay. maybe she thought it was kind of like doodling, but Deedles, I don't know. Okay. Oh, doodling. We'll talk about that one in a second. I'm a horse silver nut, but <laughs> yeah, there's a segue if I ever wrote one. My grown-up <laughs> <They're> Christmas list... <laughs> This one, I'm just going to jump to this one then. As you just mentioned, this features the wonderful Diane Shore. And this was originally something from David Foster and Natalie Cole. So where did you first come across this song? And how did you even connect with Diane Shore in the first place? You were already in contact with her when you said, hey, Deedles, let's do this. Yeah, we met several years ago when she was being honored in Palm Springs through the Women's Jazz Society that's there, and I was asked to award her with one of the awards they were giving her. And we met then, I think that was like seven years ago maybe, and we have remained in contact, but continuing to become closer and closer friends and realizing that not only do we have a musical connection, but a real sweet friendship has blossomed over the last few years, and we now consider each other best friends. And really sweet for me, growing up listening with her, you know, somebody that you idolize, and then not only do you get to meet them, but you get to build a relationship with them and see them in another light and then get to collaborate with them. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah, David Foster wrote that song, and I believe Amy Grant and Natalie Cole's versions are the most popular. Yeah. However, a lot of people have recorded it, and they've all kept it in this really beautiful kind of classical vein, almost like Walt Disney sounding. Mm. Uh-oh. <laughs> and when I thought about the message, again, you know, it's coming from an adult's perspective. It's not asking Santa for toys, but asking for world peace. So I thought, how can we bring a little more power? So I thought, well, let's take it to church. So we put more of a gospel groove on it. And then, of course, with Diane Schur on the song, she sings with such a soul jazz kind of vibe. Her voice is definitely a jazz voice, but it's so soulful. So that easily lended itself to the arrangement. And we really put a new spin on it to really kind of take it away from its kind of classical sounding root and give it a punch. One that I was excited to see, just any time I see anybody doing this, vocal or not, Christmas time is here. Christmas time is here, happiness and cheer, fun for all that children call their favorite time of year. Now, we've all grown up with this Vince Guaraldi classic, though I wonder, though, if fewer and fewer kids are seeing the Charlie Brown Christmas since we have dozens and dozens of channels to choose from these days. 
and not even to mention so much time on a personal device rather than even the TV. Is this one that you picked up because you were lucky enough to catch this cartoon every year? Or is your approach coming to it from knowing it as a jazz standard around this time of year? I guess a little of both. I mm, definitely okay. watched that show. I watched a lot of Charlie Brown growing up. But again, I've heard a lot of different artists cover this one, instrumentalists and vocalists, and it's always been one of my favorites. You know, I love to put new, fresh arrangements on things and put my own personality on an arrangement. But when it came to that one, I was just like, let's keep it real plaintive and let's not do much with this. It just feels good. It takes us in a nostalgic way of thinking back to when we would catch these things, just lucky enough to catch it once a year. How hands-on are you when it comes to sequencing the tracks as they would be released on whatever disc you're working on? I put that order together. I think I put the order together on all of my albums. Wonderful. Yeah. Well, that is something that I actually feel really strongly about is sequencing because of the fact that in this digital age, a lot of people will choose to download tracks three, seven, and nine instead of picking up the album with the flow that it was presented with that somebody put thought into. So I'm glad to know that you actually are hands-on, not somebody telling you what ought to be. Right, yeah, it's definitely a art form that is not at the forefront anymore to listen to a full album. I mean, singles are becoming more and more popular, even in the jazz world. And playlists are what everybody seems to be listening to, which some of them seem to be put together in a way that flows beautifully, and then some of them seem to not care. On Spotify, when I hit a playlist, a lot of the times without putting shuffle on there, it won't even play it in order. It'll just play it at random. No, no. That's a shame if you go to the trouble of actually making a nice playlist that has a nice flow to it, and then it doesn't even keep the flow for you. Christmas time Christmas time Christmas time Is it You know, there's a couple of fun ones on here, and that is, okay, Blue Christmas, but it's coupled with Santa Bring My Baby Back to Me. And now, while Blue Christmas predates Elvis, it's, I suppose, most famously recorded by him. Santa Bring My Baby Back to Me, this one I think was first recorded by Elvis. Now, do you know if he ever did this as a medley, or were you the one to put these two together? Yeah, no, he never did them as a medley. He might have had a Christmas medley that he did, you know, for a live show or something. But in my home, we grew up with a couple of the Elvis Christmas albums. And several of the Christmas songs he did were his Christmas songs. They were very unique to him. So I definitely wanted to do an Elvis song since that was part of my Christmas memories. And then I thought, well, these kind of flow together. And the blue Christmas is you know, saying that you're going to have a blue Christmas without your baby. And the other one is asking Santa to bring your baby back. So I thought, well, this could flow together. And then Joe Alterman had the idea of putting the New Orleans second line groove on that. That's always an attractive umbrella line kind of thing. I love it whenever that comes into you know any tune. And with that, I wouldn't even call it a medley because Blue Christmas is really just in there for just a bit, serving really as an intro 
too. Santa, bring yeah, my baby. We're using it kind of as a verb. There it is. Yeah. Santa, bring my baby back to me. The Christmas tree is ready. You're listening to KVC Arts. I'm David Fleming in conversation with Jonathan Carantz. He makes it to this region on a fairly regular basis with a stop in Temecula in February, if not sooner. JonathanCarant.com for more. J-O-N-A-T-H-A-N Carant, K-A-R-R-A-N-T, JonathanCarant.com. Many past programs can be found through iTunes, NPR One, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. And most past shows are at kvcrnews.org slash arts. Let's go back to my conversation with jazz vocalist Jonathan Carant, looking at his very recent holiday disc, Christmas Wish, with a few very special guests. Hang on the mistletoe I'm gonna get to know you better This Christmas And as we trim the tree How much fun it's gonna be together, babe This Christmas The fireside is blazing bright One of the other featured artists on here any jazz lover would appreciate this one as well. We're now talking about Houston Person, and this is featured on This Christmas. So I'd like to hear about how you came to work with Houston and how he came to be a part of this, and even actually picking this song itself. Again, this disc is not filled with every predictable holiday classic. You've got some lesser-known ones here. Yeah, and I wanted to also feature songs from kind of different eras you know i think that one comes out of the 70s so i didn't want them to all be older real traditional ones you know i wanted a mix there and houston i met him in new york he's always been a musical hero to me i I love his playing and sound is so romantic and he and joe are quite close joe alterman has played many times with houston person so joe connected us and when thinking about what tune to feature him on this was the one this christmas it's so romantic and when joe actually played it for his father his father said wow this is really sexy music (laughs) so i I guess we accomplished what we were going for yeah you did (laughs) so you actually had access to the person i was about to say the person i don't mean to play on words there you actually had access to him and then decided, okay, what song would be best for him, not the other way around. Here's a song, oh, and I have to have Houston Person on this. Right. When Joe and I were collaborating on the album, in the beginning, I said, hey, it'd be wonderful to get Houston on one of these tracks. And Joe agreed. Then we both agreed that it should be something that's more of a ballad, something that's more romantic. So we did slow This Christmas down from the original, which I think was Donny Hathaway, and it's much more upbeat. Yeah, absolutely. Since this disc is filled with quite a few atypical Christmas tunes, and again, this is something that I really appreciate about it, any of these tunes, let's say some of the more well-known holiday tunes that you do have on here, any that maybe you wanted to include but 
maybe it was indeed looked at as, eh, maybe this is too popular. Let's stay away from the more popular tunes, as you've done. And again, I think this is really a cool thing that we're getting these holiday classics without being the go-to favorites every single time. You know what I'm saying? The overused ones, I suppose, is how I should be saying it. Right. I think most of the songs on there people will recognize, but yeah, maybe yes. they aren't the ones that have been beat to death. But really, when picking them, it was hard to narrow down because, of course, how many times am I going to do a Christmas album? So, you know, trying to pick a dozen of your favorites, but also making sure that it flows well, that you have enough of this tempo and that tempo and What's the message that this one has? Well, that's too similar to that one, so I don't want to record two that you know have the same kind of idea completely happening. So really, it just came down to picking the ones that are most beloved by me, but also picking ones that I thought would go well together and make a nice collection. Like we have two hymns on there, and I definitely wanted to do one. But then I thought, well, I, you know, I, I don't want to just have one on there. That might make that kind of stand out in an odd way. So that made me make a choice to for sure have two hymns on there. Beautiful. Well, it's really, I mean, a lot of thought going into this. You have, oh, I don't know, a couple of the standards, for lack of a better way of saying it, Winter Wonderland and the Christmas song. Again, that's something that I was glad to see on there because, well, one, it's a tune that I love and that many people love. But your take on it, I just really appreciate how you phrase and everything you make is your own without sounding like you're throwing in some specific phrase just to say, hey, this is my own. Chestnuts roasting on an open fire Jack Frost nipping at your nose So were you always the type of person to take any song that you hear through pop music while you're growing up and just putting your own take on it? I guess in some ways, and I guess in some ways some of that is, you know, God-given or you're born with it, and then you hone in on it more and more as you grow and develop and learn and experience. And I'm still learning and experiencing and I'm still evolving as we all do, I think, as artists. You know, if you quit learning, in the words of Peggy Lee, is that all there is? <laughs> you know, so I strive to always be learning and keeping my chops up, but also, you know, then when you get in there, just to let all that go and be natural and sing from the heart as well. But did you do it as a child? I mean, like, say some of my high school music would be, I suppose, stuff from the police. You know, taking some of that stuff and taking instead of the don't stand so close to me that we got on the radio you start doing your own sort of scatting along, sort of putting your own thing on it. That's what I'm wondering about, if you ever found yourself doing this, even as a kid, which sort of eventually, I suppose, led to what you're doing today. Yeah, I mean, maybe to an extent I did, but probably not a whole lot as a kid. However, I started in church, and the pianist and organist there gave me solos at a young age, and she always talks about how she always just played, you know, and she would always say, all right, you do your special thing to it, I've got you, you know. 
So I guess in some ways, yes, I was kind of making it my own because a lot of the other kids, I think she would try to get them to sing things very much the way they were written. And with me, she kind of just let me turn loose nice. with it. That had been great to just, I mean, as a kid, to have that freedom, not only just to feel special, but to actually that would allow a person to grow more because you're being encouraged to improvise more than you are hitting those notes stacked a certain way on the page. So that's really great for a person going into what would become for them jazz. don't want a lot for Christmas There is just one thing I need I don't care about the presents Underneath the Christmas tree I just want you for my own More than you could ever know Make my wish come true All I Christmas is you I don't want a lot for Christmas there is just one thing I need I don't care about the okay so back to the Christmas disc all I want for Christmas is you now I can't tell you how much I prefer this as a jazz tune than a Mariah Carey holiday pop. I mean, I, I really just, when I saw this song was included, I thought, oh no, I'm sorry. But then hearing it, the arrangements, oh my God, I love this one. Tell me about this one, getting a transformation, making it enjoyable. I know a lot of people enjoy this tune, and it is a fun, poppy kind of thing. But, you know, it's, I guess I'm just saying I really prefer the jazz take on it. Right. Well, I think we're the only ones to put a vocal jazz arrangement on it and record it and send it out to the world. I haven't heard, and I did a little research to try to find to see if anybody had done a jazz take on it, and I only heard some like smooth jazz saxophone versions of it. But yeah, I just thought, what if we did that one? And I was not very familiar with the song except for, you know, hearing it in the grocery store and everywhere else. Yeah. It's like the, the most played pop Christmas song you hear everywhere. Yeah. So I had heard it, but I hadn't really probably listened to it because that's just not really in my wheelhouse. But I just thought that that could be it. And then when thinking about how to do it, well, I didn't want to slow it down and change it in that way. But I thought, well, if we swing it and really keep it up there, this could be super fun. And then adding the little licks in it here and there with the horns and the vibes, I think made it special and made it kind of echo something that Ella Fitzgerald or Frank Sinatra would have recorded almost. Exactly. And that's what it got. This wonderful swing that accompanied it. Yes. I really, again, I appreciate this take. And there are some on here that I end up preferring your version over the classic go-to version, like Sinatra or something like that. I just want you for my own, more than you could ever know. Make my wish come true, all I want for Christmas. All I want for Christmas, all I want for Christmas is you. That's all I want for Christmas, you, you, you.
There is one here, it's another coupling of songs. It's I Wonder As I Wander, coupled with We Three Kings. And just analyzing them, these go nicely together by storyline of the songs alone. Now, I probably knew of this tune, that is, I Wonder As I Wander, either through Vanessa Williams or maybe through Barbara Streisand, though I understand it really has roots going back to the 1930s. So I'm curious where and how did you first encounter this song? Whose take was it that you first got? Well, I have heard Barbara Streisand's version of it, but I also heard it in church. Mm. And like you just said, the blending of the two, I pictured the three kings traveling across the landscape and wandering across the landscape following the star. And so I really thought they did tie in well together. And that track, I've had four different people tell me that that's their favorite, which is so interesting because you make a record, you send it out, and it's always so interesting to see which ones become like the most popular off something. So that track is one that's on its way, I guess, to being one of the most favorites. We three kings of Orient Bearing gifts We travis afar Field and fountain Moor and mountain Following yonder star oh, How about some of the other favorites? I guess wrapping it up this way of the ones that we didn't discuss, maybe even some of the classics that I just didn't even touch on, when you were considering including some hymns or some of the more, let's say, traditional classic holiday tunes, which ones were they that you went to and and why? Does it come from church once again? Well, Oh Holy Night, I mean, that one is just like everybody's favorite. So I thought, again, you may only do one Christmas album in your lifetime. So I thought that should definitely be on there. I even made a Facebook post one day when we were working on it. Like, what's your favorite Christmas song? We're in the studio Hmm? working on a Christmas album. And that one was number one, Oh Holy Night. And the second was Christmas Waltz, which I didn't realize that that one was so popular. I loved the song, but it just didn't find its way on the album. One that I knew I had to do was Christmas Memories. That one's probably the most obscure song on the album, mm-hmm. even though Barbra Streisand, Frank Sinatra, and Rosemary Clooney has a recording of it. That one, to me, really hits home and really makes me think of my grandparents and my family all coming together to celebrate Christmas and people coming from out of town. And that one's really nostalgic for me because it really makes me think of my Christmases. Well, I think that comes together really nicely for this album, and this may be a nice way to wrap this, and that it is an album that draws from a variety of sources. You know, we've got, as we mentioned, we open with Irving Berlin, and we close with Mariah Carey. hate to say it that way. But then, uh, <laughs> right. you know, all the classics, and obscure is not the right word, but let's just say the lesser known or less overplayed, and so it's just a really wonderful collection. And it brings together people from various ages as well. And that's an important thing for music as well, especially when one is gathering for the holidays. It's been Music in a Conversation with Jonathan Currant for the entirety of this edition of KVC Arts, checking out quite a few of the tracks from his very recent holiday CD, Christmas Wish. More at jonathancurrant.com. He's also on all the dominant social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, I wonder as I wonder
Thanks again to Jonathan Carant and here at KVCR, thanks to Lillian Vasquez, Rick Dulock, Paulina Garcia, and Shereen Awad. Many past KVCRs can be found through iTunes, NPR One, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. And most past shows are at kvcrnews.org slash arts. Music beds and themes heard on KVCRs composed and performed by Sean Longstreet. So thanks to Sean as well. I'm David Fleming. Thanks especially to you for listening and for your support. Give any time of the year at kvcrnews.org slash support. And thanks again.